I'm Janet Nakano with MBA Podcaster. We're bringing you a special MBA admissions panel discussion co-produced with Manhattan GMAT. Recently, Manhattan GMAT brought together admissions committee members from Wharton, NYU Stern, and Columbia to discuss important aspects of the application process, including professional experience, recommendations, interviews, and essays. For more information on this show, visit us at mbapodcaster.com. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm the Director of Product and Instructor Development here at Manhattan GMAT. Thanks for coming out to our business school admissions panel. On my left, I'll introduce our panelists. Uh, First, we have Ainsley Parker, who is Associate Director in the Office of MBA Admissions and Financial Aid at the Wharton School. Second is Allison Goggin, who is Director of MBA Admissions at NYU Stern School of Business. And on the left is Victoria Hess, who is Assistant Director of MBA Admissions at Columbia Business School. Welcome to them and welcome to you. So first of all, what does your school look for in a potential business school candidate? I'll turn it over to Allison. Good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome. Again, my name is Allison from Stern, and I'm delighted to see so many of you here tonight. So um, just in general, I think the goals for all of us for this panel is to help you create the most competitive application that you can and to really walk away from tonight with some tips that you can apply immediately no matter where you are in the process. If you're still thinking about business school, um, if you are putting the finishing touches on your application, or if you've actually already submitted an application and you might be hoping for that interview in in the coming weeks. That's really our goal. We're going to keep it very conversational and light and uh, hope that you'll gain a lot from it. So um, so my question, what does your business school look for in a potential candidate? I'm going to kind of broaden that to um, what do top business schools look for in potential candidates and even more specifically in a class because not only is it about your individual application, but keep in mind that we're also creating a class. We're shaping a class. So I will allude to that at some points uh, during my topic. Um, so before I kind of take you through four major points um, or four major areas that we look for. I want to start by kind of talking about this idea of having a story and and your story. And you've probably heard this a couple of times if you've already been in the MBA application process and it doesn't go away anytime soon. In fact, once you get to business school, you have to then think about crafting your story for recruiters and even out of business school, your story for the next job. So um, you can kind of think of this application process as a is a real kind of um, inward look at yourself and a kind of self-discovery and a, an exercise in, in writing your story that will help last a lifetime. And I, and I say that because what we look for in candidates is for you to really tell your story. And that sounds very simplistic, but you would be surprised by um, how many times that we see candidates writing things that they think that we want to hear not things that they're necessarily passionate about or interested in, but 
you know, they may have read on a website that might have some very helpful tips or, or heard from somebody else. And so I want to start out by saying that you really want to think hard about what some of your proudest accomplishments have been, what your passions are, why you really want to make this step, and really be honest with yourself through the process. Because a question that comes up very often is, how do I make myself stand out from other candidates? And one of the best ways and the easiest ways is to really be yourself, um, because each of you has your own unique story. So as I'm talking through these different um, areas that we're looking for. Just kind of keep that in, in the back of your head. So there's really four things I want to talk about. Um, the first, um, we're looking for outstanding academic potential. The second, we are looking for a proven track record of career success and strong professional promise post-MBA. We're looking for a, a high level of um, certain professional and personal characteristics that we deem valuable during the MBA program. And I will get into exactly what characteristics those are. And then finally, we're looking for a genuine interest in, in our school and our program. So, um, so first, along the lines of outstanding academic potential, we want to know not only that you can do the work in a rigorous MBA program, but that you will excel. And so that's why we're looking at things like your undergraduate performance, the courses that you took, your GMAT. And um, beyond that, you know, you should, you should think about that and think about how you're demonstrating your ability to succeed in the program. But beyond that, keep in mind that um, most admissions committees are also looking for a diversity in terms of academic experiences. So when I say that, I mean diversity of majors, of just um, general academic experiences. You know, we have candidates who went to all different kinds of institutions. So one of the common misconceptions is I have to have had a business background or an engineering background in order to succeed. And if you look at all of our profiles, you'll see that there is a very wide variety of majors represented. Um, so, you know, when you think about kind of how you represent yourself from an academic standpoint, you know, there's certain things that you're not going to be able to change, right? You're not going to be able to change that GPA. Um, you might be working to, to change the GMAT, but also think about some of the unique attributes of the academic experience that you've had, whether it was the specific program or experiences that you had during your undergraduate experience or or further uh, graduate experience that you might be able to kind of contribute to the MBA experience. Um, so second, a proven uh, track record of career success and bright professional promise. So um, we're going to look to see, you know, what kinds of contributions have you made to the organizations um, that you've been a part of? Have you really taken advantage of all the opportunities that you've had to, um, to succeed and to grow. And here, keep in mind that um, we're not looking for a certain industry. Again, a very common misconception. Um, you know, I have to have had banking experience in order to do the MBA. And if you look at our profiles, you will see that it's a wide variety of experiences. So, um, you know, all of us have in our programs people from the for-profit, non-profit, government worlds. And so really it's about um, how can you really represent um, why you made the decisions that you did? How can you represent that you really tried to grow in, in a way that made sense for you and in a way that indicates that you were kind of looking long term? And on the professional promise side, what I'm referring to there is that you have a very firm understanding of what your goals are and why an MBA is fi it fits into them at this point. And that's different for every person. So 
don't get caught in the trap of I have to have a certain number of years of work experience or I have too much work experience or I have too little. Everybody's story is a little bit different and everybody decides at a different time why this is the best uh, best time for them. But that's something that we're going we're gonna to look at. We want to know that you've thought through your plan so that when you come to school, you're going to be ready to contribute, take part in student activities, take part in the recruiting process, and, and just in general be s- successful because you know business school is a very busy time and you don't have time to really figure it out once you get there. So these professional and personal characteristics um, that we're looking for, and um, I want to preface this by saying that you don't have to be excelling in all of these areas. Business school is um, is where you develop some of these skills. But we will look to see that you have um, kind of the, the raw materials for, for those skills. And we would hope that you would excel in some of these areas already. Um, so... And and in terms of these skills, this could be represented in your work experience. It could also be represented in community service, extracurricular activities, some of the experiences you had in undergraduate. So the first is the ability to communicate effectively. And obviously, we're going to see that um, in the writing, in your your application, in your essays. Keep in mind one small tip. I don't think I'm really supposed to be offering tips, but I will. that when we say your application, it's every, a lot of times, and you can ask each school, correspondence that you have, written correspondence, emails, that goes into your file. So every time you communicate, whether it's a formal essay or it's an email that you send to the committee, we're saying, how does that email look? Does that email have errors in it? Did they say something inappropriate? So when I say communicate effectively from a written standpoint, it's everything you've ever written to us. So yo, Allison doesn't really... Yo, Allison doesn't work. Okay, just... In any setting, Checking. actually. <laughs> no. Okay, so I'll remember that. Um, so, uh, and then, of course, um, the ability to communicate effectively um, verbally. And um, our programs, we, we all conduct interviews for almost all the students that, that, uh, who we admit. And so, um, you know, do those mock interviews. Um, think about how you're going to articulate your story verbally because sometimes it's much easier to get it down on paper than it is to be doing that in person. And in the back of our mind, we're looking for people who, again, we feel really good about how they communicate about themselves. They may have some development opportunities, but we know we can work with it because we're thinking down the line to this, when this person is going to be in front of an employer um, doing an interview you know, and, and how they're really going to be representing themselves and representing Stern. So the second characteristic, I would say, is the ability to show that you can excel in diverse teams and be collaborative. So the MBA, as many of you I'm sure know, is um, a lot about teamwork, um, and we want to see evidence that you've had work in diverse teams, whether it's in your work experience, extracurricular activities, that you've been able to handle um, uh, working in successful teams as well as some um, times that you may have been part of you know a team that wasn't as successful and be able to sort of say well this is why it wasn't and this is what I this is what I learned from it and then that ability to be collaborative I think with all of our schools the students rep- recognize they're part of the co- of a community and they want to help each other succeed and help each other grow their network so um, evidence that you um, are a collaborative person in your application is very important 
uh, leadership. MBA is oftentimes associated with leadership, so we're going to look for evidence of your leadership potential. It doesn't mean that you have to have managed people or taken on the leadership of a very large-scale project. It can be represented in a lot of different ways. So um, just think about you personally and your leadership style and some of the things that you feel really proud of and, and really represent that in the application. And the last three skills kind of all go together. The first is um, self-awareness. So really kind of that inward look at yourself that I know what I'm good at and I know what I need to develop. Um, We look to see if that comes out in the application, comes out in the interview. Appropriate judgment. Um, so again, something like "Yo, Allison," you know, not not, but 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 even more so, you know, in your essays, um, really knowing what's appropriate to talk about and not appropriate to talk about. Um, and we'll probably get into this in a later section. But I think in this day of social networking, there's a lot of information put out there about people, and um, you need to make some good decisions about what exactly goes in an MBA application versus other places in your life. And then interpersonal skills. And this is something that recruiters often cite as something that makes candidates stand out from one another because all, um, all of our schools, you know, we produce candidates who are very smart. They're team-oriented. Um, they, the recruiters know that they have the skills, the analytical skills to do well. So oftentimes what sets a candidate apart is that, that extra sort of soft skills, interpersonal skills. And so we're really going to be looking for that. And that will come through, again, in the application, but probably even more so in the interview in person to see sort of how, um, you know, you interact just one-on-one with another person. And then finally, um, genuine interest in the school. You know, we understand that you're going to be applying to multiple schools. There are several of you in here probably applying to all of our schools. And, of course, as a committee member at a certain school, we're only interested in why you want to consider us. And so, you know, doing that research on the front end, we want to see evidence that you've really thought about how you can contribute to the community, why you think you'd gain from the community, you know, that you've kind of felt out the personality of the school, and and that's where we all differ, and you can kind of say, this is why I'm a a good match for the school. So maybe we'll kick it over to you, Ainsley, for the second question, how the application process works at your school. Sure. Um, So there are a couple of ways to kind of approach this. Um, The first is to, to talk a little bit about sort of specifically what Wharton looks at, and then sort of the nuts and bolts about the hows and the whys and what happens once you guys hit submit, where where does it go? So I think one of the things uh, that we specifically at Wharton have looked at, and I, and I think probably this is a, a trend um, across all business schools, I know Harvard has a program that's kind of similar, we remove the work experience requirement from our application. For us, you know, we really do believe in early career candidates who are people who've had three years or less of work experience. You know, we believe in quality versus quantity. Some people do an immense amount in two years, and some people do absolutely nothing in eight years. So we don't want you to be intimidated by the average number of work experience or the average age of of our students. We really encourage you, if you feel you're ready, um, and you've done some self-reflection and some introspection, and really, if you've really come to the conclusion that this is the right place and the right time in your career, we're we're willing to to look at that, and and we encourage you to do that. Um, In terms of... Uh, sort of how our process works. Once you hit submit, everything gets printed out. And we, we hire a staff of second-year MBA students who we call graduate assistants. They apply, they're hired, and we train them. They're full members of the admissions committee. We have about 65 of them on our staff. And then they're the first read on, on each application. So they go through every piece and part, um, take a lot of notes. Um, and then it comes to one of the six associate directors um, in our office. 
And we also then read through the whole file, and every piece of, I can't reiterate this enough, every piece of communication you send, every additional thing you add to your application is in that file. So please, please, I, I encourage you to be judicious in extra material. Be very careful in your communication with us, because we do read absolutely everything that comes through our door. Be it an email that you send to, to our director saying, yo, Tom, you know, I really want to hear more about this. It was cool to meet you in Mumbai. Um, you know, peace out, Ainsley. We'll see that. So do keep that in mind. So at the end of the second read, uh, both the graduate assistant and myself will recommend either to interview or to not interview. If you are not selected for an interview, our process ends for you there. And you're welcome to reapply the following year, but for that academic year, um, that's it for you. We offer interviews in one of three ways at Wharton. You can interview on campus with a, a second-year MBA student. You can interview in your local area with an alumni. Or you can interview um, in different hubs across the world with one of the six of us. And those hubs change every year depending on where we have alumni coverage. doesn't matter where you interview. For us, it's much more about you being able to articulate, again, your goals, your visions. Why do you want to come to our program? What about our program is going to help you meet your goals and do what you want to do when you finish? Um, and the interview is, it's certainly not going to make or break you. It's not something that's going to decide whether or not you get admitted. But for us, it's a really important part and a really important way that we can understand another dimension of who you are. We have a lot of information about you on paper and a lot of information about how you've presented yourself and what you're looking to do um, and what kind of goals you've set for yourself. But in person is really, really important for us because, again, we're crafting a class of people, not applications. And though our program is fairly large, we have 800 students in each of our classes, we really carefully craft that class because we are such a team-based, collaborative, collegial environment. So we handpick every single person who's a member of that class. So once your interview is finished, uh, your interviewer will write up an interview report, which is a standard form. It gets put back in your application. Then your application is read again up to four more times by one of the six of the associate directors. I should also say that Thomas, our director, reads every application twice, and he is the ultimate decision on whether or not to interview you or not, and whether or not you were admitted or not. So um, I would like to take a moment to sort of pass the buck there. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So, so Thomas does read every application twice. At that point, we go into committee and we discuss all of the applications as a group. There are seven of us who discuss the applications. Um, so it really is a very iterative process. It's an incredibly thorough process. We really don't miss much. We do have a number of, of reapplicants every year, which we encourage. Um, we offer feedback sessions on a first-come, first-served basis where we'll, offer, we'll walk through your application with you and offer you some constructive criticism about what we saw as strengths, what we saw as weaknesses to help you improve. Um, we think it's a really important way to, you know, to have applicants gain insight and knowledge into what, A, what our process looks like, and B, how they can improve you know, if you want to continue this process going forward. Um, I think that this is certainly a, a huge undertaking to apply to business school, to go to business school, to invest as much time before you get to business school and taking the GMAT and writing the essays and talking to your recommenders um, and really thinking through the whole process of what it takes to make a good application. So that's sort of you know, why we offer those kinds of feedback sessions. You guys have put so much work into, into each application that we've, you know, we really want to be able to help you along in the process as much as we can. So Allison, Victoria, other thoughts on how your processes are similar or different? What happens when people hit submit? Well, you know, I'd like to echo a lot of the things Ainsley said. A lot of the parts of the process are very similar, but I think each school does have different nuances to their programs and their processes. So for our school in particular, for Columbia, 
an application gets submitted, we actually don't have any students read applications. So it's always done by members of the admissions committee. Each application is read twice by different admissions officers and then goes to a committee of a you know, substantial number of people from our office. So between five and ten people uh, will be in committee, and Linda Meehan, the director of admissions, is always a part of that committee process. Um, most of the people that are admitted are interviewed. Um, it's not 100%, but the majority are. And our interviews are actually only done by alumni in your area. So we don't do any interviews on campus. We personally don't interview anybody. we rather have somebody who we don't have some, a current student who's part of the community reading the application. So this is an opportunity for somebody who's very familiar with the program to get to know you a little bit better. So it's, you know, I can't speak for other schools, but ours is a relatively informal process. You should treat it like a, you know, business interview, um, but you're probably not going to get, you know, at least at Columbia, you're not going to get a case study or, you know, a problem set to do. It's more a chance for you to talk about yourself, what, why you're looking to go to business school, that particular school, and, you know, just again, for somebody who's very familiar with that community to get to know you and see if you would be a good fit, if they would like to have you as a fellow classmate and as a fellow alum of the program. Um, our feedback policy is currently pending, so I don't have any information on that right now. Um, we seem to change it every year. We try to provide it on um, sort of a limited basis, and it's not a first-come, first-served, but rather, you know, a lot of the times it's a very competitive process, and we don't have specific feedback for applicants. Um, and we do always re encourage reapplicants because a lot of the times, you know, we would like to see somebody, but it just wasn't in the cards that year. We'd like to see somebody in the class. Um, for applicants where maybe there is something more specific that could be improved or changed or, you know, what have you, we do like to uh, take the opportunity to discuss that with them. Okay, at Stern, um, process is probably very similar to Columbia's in that we also, we don't use students um, to read the applications. We use them a lot in the recruiting process, but not as actual readers. We have 11 members on our committee, and for us, uh, one thing I want to spend some time talking about is the interview. Um, we do interview every student we admit, so an initial notification from us can be, you know, one of three things. Um, the less desirable options, which could be a waitlist decision or a deny, or it could be an invitation to interview. And we conduct... Um, 90% of our interviews at Stern um, on campus. And um, we actually offer lunch with a student, uh, tour, um, as well as class. So we really want you to take the opportunity to get to know us and really to figure out if it's the right place for you. So again, you should, you should treat it like a job interview. It is evaluative in nature. But, uh, but we really do want you to get to know the committee um, or get to know the school as well and really kind of be interviewing us. Um, a couple of other things um, about our, our process. Um, the committee members do probably 95% of the interviews. So we do have some alumni who help us with special interview days who are trained, but it will um, undoubtedly be an admissions committee member who you're interviewing with. And not only will that a person have read your file um, other times, but they will have reread it right before they meet with you. And so it's always a good idea to reread that application because our questions tend to go very much beyond walk me through your resume. And um, I've definitely asked some questions and seen some surprise looks on people's faces. Like, I'll remember a sentence from their essay. And you know you wrote those essays probably months before, so it's always a good idea to, uh, to reread your application. And from the interview, 
We will try to make a decision of admit or deny, but sometimes, um, you know, sometimes that might be a waitlist decision. And at the interview level, actually, we do kind of a pretty tough cut off of the um, at the interview level. So we typically interview about thirty percent of the applicant pool. And so when we bring you in for an interview, the the admit rate is typically around 60 to 65 percent, so it's a it's a step uh, a good step along the way. Um, in terms of feedback, right now we have a we do have a, a no a no feedback policy. We do have a kind of a, a standard way that we kind of approach feedback requests when we get them, and we offer some tips in that. But we don't do any individual counseling at this point. We do encourage reapplicants, and we actually have an abbreviated application process if someone reapplies within a year. Great. And so now we'll move on to Victoria's set of questions around correctable mistakes, so to speak, if, if they can be, and also the unripeness of candidates sometimes. So here are the war stories, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the couple weeks leading up to submitting your application, even probably the month up to it, you know, a lot of the things in your application are going to be static at that point. So, you know, your undergraduate GPA is not going anywhere. I've probably, hopefully, gotten the GMAT under your belt at that point. Your work experience is pretty much set. Hopefully, you're not doing a last-ditch effort and signing up for 100 activities in the month before you apply. Um, So, you know, we know what you've been involved in in your interests. So a lot of the sort of factual pieces of of your application are, you know, sort of already done. It's now really about how you present it all. And, you know, Allison was talking a lot about telling your story. And most schools are going to have an essay question that basically when you boil it down, it's asking you, what are your short-term and long-term post-MBA goals? And, you know, why are you interested in attending this particular, you know, school? So it's really important that you take the time to explain that in a thorough, straightforward, well-written, concise manner. We don't know you that well, um, or at all. Um, you know, we may have met you through the process, we may not have. You want to make sure that you're telling it like we don't know you. And so don't make assumptions. If you're a consultant and you've had projects in healthcare and you want to go into healthcare, if you don't tell us that, it's, it's hard for us to put the pieces together. So it's helpful for you to go through it and Sometimes have somebody read it. You know, I certainly, certainly want you guys all to think about having people proofread your essays. You know, that's certainly not against the rules. So have a good friend read it, and then have somebody maybe who doesn't know you that well read it, and see if they understand what you want to do, why you want to do it, why you want to go to that particular school. That last piece, why you want to go to that particular school, is an important part of the application. And it's something that is very much within your control, um, you know, how much information you give, how, you know, passionate you come about, across about being part of that community. And if you can go through your application and change school X to school Y to school Z um, by doing find and replace, you are not answering the question properly. Because, you know, there are a lot of really good schools out there who are going to offer you wonderful opportunities, but they're all very different. And it's up to you to take the time to learn about those differences and about what you're going to get out of that program, how it's going to help you achieve your goals, what you're going to add to that community, and, again, what you're going to take away from it. So 
I mean, How often, uh, let me just ask you, do you see with any regularity the wrong school name? Yes. Very obviously the find and replace. I was not just joking there. Another part of your application, which you may not think you have um, a lot of control over, but which you actually you know, have more than you, you know, probably imagine, is the recommendations. The recommendations, most schools are going to ask for two recommendations. You guys, two? So two recommendations most likely from um, somebody who knows you in a professional capacity. And you should really take the time to think about who can really speak on your behalf. Some schools are going to have guided recommendation forums. We personally do. So it's 10 questions. We're, asking for, we're looking for very specific information. Other schools may have a more open format. But you know, if they do have a guided recommendation form, ours is available on the website. You can take a look at it and look for the information for which, you know, we're trying to gain. And think about who knows you in those sort of capacities. Who can speak about your accomplishments, about your ability to work in a team, to be a leader, who, you know, can talk about your professional promise. Sit down with them. Make sure that they're comfortable writing this recommendation on your behalf. And also, talk to them about why you're interested in going to business school, why you're interested in going to that particular school, so that they can you know, bring that to the table in your application. Because, at least for us, part of um, what we're looking for is if they think that your goals are realistic, if you are, you know, if these are achievable for you. And if you haven't sat down and talked to them about that, they're not going to be able to you know, bring that to the table, and that's doing you a disservice when we're looking at other applicants who do have that information as part of the recommendations. One other thing to note is that we are not, at least I, I think it would be for most schools, particularly impressed by titles. We're looking for people who, again, know about your experiences, who can talk about what you do on a daily basis, how you've matured throughout your time there. And if you ride the elevator every morning with the CEO and you're both Giants fans... Um, so you talk about the game, that's not going to give him much substance to, uh, about which to write in your application. So focus on who can best talk about your strengths and your promise. If you're not comfortable telling your current boss that you're applying to business school, that's perfectly understandable. Um, you can look for it in you know, alternative ways. You can go to a previous supervisor. Um, you can go to a client. Um, you know, there are other options. And one thing that I would also note, we know that your recommenders may be in positions where they're very busy, they don't have a lot of time, but if they come to you and ask you to write the recommendation for them, please don't do it. Um, you know, we can tell, we, we, you know, we read a lot of applications, as I mentioned, we're very familiar with writing styles, even if you try to hide it, um, you know, we can tell, and you're just kind of doing yourself a disservice, because you're, you've already been able to tell us why you think you're great. You know, let somebody else tell us why you're great. Um, give us alternative examples, maybe things that you don't even recognize in yourself um, about your potential. You know, there's someone senior to you, and they're going to be able to, you know, give that different perspective. So, you know, we understand that that is a situation that arises, and please try to be sort of ethical about it and, um, you know, discuss it with them about why you think it's really important for them to write it on your behalf. 
another tip, think about your whole application as a package. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about essays and making sure you proofread those, but there's so many other parts of the application just in the data forms, again, in the correspondence, and you have to think about everything and how it's fitting into your application. Um, You know, I've seen some people who've had some really great, you know, first and second essays, and then you could tell that they didn't put quite the extra time in the third essay, or there were some spelling errors in the activities on on the data form. Um, one time in essay three, we got a, a pie chart that was supposed to represent all of the different areas of somebody's personality, and it added up to 80. You know, not a, it would have been one thing was 110. I could have maybe, you know, I could have gotten it, but 80. And like, you know, was there a missing slice? Like, and then this there 20 no is to be discovered by you. no indication I flipped it over. Is there more? Is this a joke? He's no. still trying to find that 20% <laughs> of himself. Well, he's going to business school, right? Yeah, yeah. apparently. Apparently. So. Um, thank you all for coming uh, tonight. Please uh, uh, give our presenters a warm round of applause. And uh, good luck with your applications. Thanks. This show was brought to you by MBA Podcaster and Manhattan GMAT. I'm Janet Nakano for MBA Podcaster. Thanks for listening.